Reed, left side ball up and caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown Titans! Johnu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! Fumbles, ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out! And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven and he wins! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Titans Beat. I'm your host, Anna Lewis. Y'all know this by now. Um, and I'm joined again by my buddy, Trey Wynn. Trey, we had a great time last week. I think we got a lot of really good feedback on the episode. A lot of people liked what you had to say. So I had to bring you back, naturally. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so glad to be back. I'm glad people... It's funny, we've we've joked... The Twitter streets this week have been hot. It's been uh, a week of accountability <laughs> for a lot of people. Right. Obviously, this morning, Broadway Sports put out their uh, their bad takes, which I think is accountability in Twitter just need to be. It's peanut butter and jelly type stuff. It needs to be together. It, it's, yep. e- everyone's out there giving their thoughts. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad to be back again. Obviously, big, big week. Looking back on the Jags, I know you guys talked about the Jags a little bit. Um, but the Bills, Monday Night Football, coming to town, uh, prime time. It'll be fun to see what happens. It will be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad you said something about Rob on Broadway, but not his article this morning. That was something I didn't know existed until today, and then it popped up on my timeline. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to see who's on this, and um, wasn't surprised by the yeah. people I saw on that list. It's so, always fun to check to be like, did I make it this week or did I? You know, because sometimes. Right. Especially like on a Sunday, and this is what I love about Twitter, and this is like no other social media platform. Of everyone live tweeting, there's obviously a community which we've talked about Monday Night Football. We're going, you're going, I'm going. So many people will be there, tons of tailgates. And I know for anyone, in case you're looking for tickets, the best method that I've used, I've, and there are tons of people on social media that you can hook up with. So, you know, uh, season ticket members helping getting Titans fans face value, which is going to get. Bills fans either uh, uh, higher up in the stadium or just out of the stadium. They can right. jump, throw the tables outside. But outside, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's it's it'll be fun to see everybody. But also, yeah, I'm excited to preview. So uh, let's jump right in. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, it's Thursday. We're recording on the Thursday before the weekend, before Monday Night Football. I we were talking about this in my last episode. I always I love primetime games, but I'm so impatient, especially when it's Monday night because you have to watch everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait. But I think this week it's a blessing for us because you know we've got guys like Julio, we've got guys like Bud and Amani Hooker now designated for return. AJ probably need a little bit of extra rest. So um, looking forward to seeing, you know, if those guys make their way on the field. So I want to start there. What, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts on the guys that are injured? Um, you know, we saw a clip of Julio yesterday. He looked sharp. Mm-hmm. And um, what I've said time and time again is I think the week four and five rest for him was that. And they're not going to come out and say that. But I think it was intentional. And they they knew they were going to do it before the season even started. Yeah. So, cause he looked good. I mean, his feet were moving well, his legs looked fine. Like um, he, he looked very much himself. So I do think we see him Monday night. What do you think? Uh, yeah, for sure. For Julio. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting week just for the Titans in general, just for the sake of resting guys. I think everybody, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday practices, I don't care who is off or not a full participant. Right. Let these guys get, you know, recoup because, you know, as many people have talked about, especially for guys like Saffold, Lawan, who I think were not practicing yesterday, 
it's like a car wreck in the trenches. You know that as, as well yep. as anybody. Uh, your body needs that recovery, hot tub, ice cold, you know, cold tub, whatever you need. And then be, and especially for guys like Saffold and Luan, particularly being veterans, you know what's up, you know the system, just get your body right and let's get going. Lawan, we got to give him some props because he has, he has bounced back pretty well. I know Saffold with the concussion, it seems like he was in the shortest concussion protocol period I've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah. So just, you know, not to take any shots at anybody like that, because it's been a hot topic this week of guys being rushed back and obviously Tyson Brylow's basically random retirement in the middle of yeah. – well, in, in the beginning of the season because we're still fresh. Um, but, yeah, I'm optimistic, especially – I know a lot of folks have been talking about Amani Cooper uh, – excuse me, Amani Cooper. Amani Hooker coming back for the secondary. Um, I'm expecting to see him. I love seeing him fly around. It's good to have him back. Julio, I know we're – we were just talking prior to recording. If Bud's officially back, I don't know that I've seen anything, but lots of folks uh, are expecting him. Um, yeah. But I think it is something. And in, in course, uh, Nick Westbrook Aquina, he's he's on the he's questionable as of right now. Brett Kern uh, being put on the reserve slash COVID list. It's it's. Here's my thing. In the seasons under Mike Vrabel. It's the later half of the season where, you know, the heat turns up. We have a playoff picture. I think just the landscape for the AFC South right now, I'm fine if these guys like a Kern, if he just needs the time or, or anybody in general, let the guy sit, let him rest. Yeah. You know, it's it, we're, we're going to be a third or fourth seed depending on our record, you know, that kind of thing. But as long as we can get in the, in the dance, be he as healthy as possible, because even for Monday – the only person I see on the the injury report for the Bills is Matt Milano, who is one of their better linebackers. But um, right. we got we got a you know, and this is no no secret for anybody, but we got a lot of guys that are needing some some recuperation and some rest. So I, I'm I'm happy to see Julio. Obviously, his investment as far as I know, we're not paying you know, hand over fist kind of thing for him right now, as far as what we were originally in freeing up 11 million with that restructure, but you still want him to be out there. We saw it in Seattle, that one, I think it was an, an, an inward post route that Tannehill just hit him in stride, especially for guys that we've all talked about all off season, having AJ one side, Julio, the other Henry, we still have not seen the full, right. you know, th this thing on full display yet. Uh, Todd Downing's been coming on, so props to him. I know people were trashing him like Lawan as well. So great game last week, uh, and I'm hoping that – and this is my expectation. Um, Bills are a really good team. I don't think anybody needs to sleep on the Bills. Anybody that does is probably going to end up on these bad take <laughs> Twitter <laughs> Twitter take posts, but um, it's going to be one of those. And we all know the Titans in primetime at Nissan. It's going to be packed. You know, people are traveling. We're all, you know, traveling up to see them. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think the Titans are going to come out. There's a lot of emotion in that locker room, especially. And I know we're going to talk about Tyson Barlow in particular for um, just locker room stuff. I mean, yeah. when things when things don't go the way that you want, a good, healthy in environment is they're not attacking. But I'm sure guys are getting some getting called out and as yeah. they should and. That's, I think, what good teams do and how you improve. But uh, I think they're going to open up uh, open up a can on, on the Bills on Monday night. Yeah, I hope you're right. I do. I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah. That's how I usually am going into games like this because we know it's, you know, tail is all this time. The Titans against a top team in the NFL, it's money. It's weird. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you know, go against the Jets, it's toss. <laughs> so um, it's very on brand for us to go in and just beat the hell out of the Bills. But I'm not holding my breath for a blowout. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a great game to be at. Like Trey was saying, if you guys can make it to the area and can get there, find a season ticket holder and they can get you face value tickets. Like, don't let that be a reason to not go because on Ticketmaster, they're outrageous prices. Mm-hmm. Try to get to the game. We got we got to show out for the guys. Um, I want to go back to what you were saying about like recovery time and how you don't stress about Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, you know, who's who's out there and who's not. I'm the same way. And it's because, you know, you've been in that setting. I've been in that setting. Um, it is, especially for the offensive line, the defensive line, it is definitely like a car wreck. I mean, those guys are beat up. And Derek Henry mm-hmm. is the same way. Like, he's getting hit every play, too. So um, when you make contact with that much force over and over and over again, you need a couple extra days. Um, I don't know if you guys have listened to interviews of players uh, when they're talking about recovery. Um, I know I mean, it's no surprise that I was listening to a Jeffrey Simmons interview where he actually went on and was like, bring the Titans to school thing and uh the kid was asking him it was a monday he was asking him you know how he felt and he was like man i'm beat up today <laughs> like i'm tired i um, mm-hmm. definitely need this day of recovery and to take care of my body but you just got to trust that these guys are professionals and they're mm-hmm. going to take care of themselves um so if you see somebody that's not their limited pers- uh, participation or they didn't participate at all on a tuesday or wednesday sometimes even a thursday i'm not going to trip too much if it's limited participation but we know they're healthy it's yeah. really just a recovery thing so Give them some grace on stuff like that because I see people freaking out. Like last week, people were freaking out um, because Jeffrey Simmons didn't practice on Wednesday. And yeah. I was like, he's fine. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and and my, my thing too is I, I don't really think people understand, especially for a guy like Simmons, and we can get into all the – I think you guys already got into all this stuff about him doing more. Double teams, and especially if you're even offensive linemen, you're talking about muscles that you rarely use that you wake yeah. up the next day and you're having a hard time dropping trowel and sitting on the toilet and getting back up without falling over. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's, you go work out today and you're going to have some level of soreness, but three and a half hours. And I know football is not like a, a rugby or a soccer where you're constantly going. You have, you know, but the, the type of explosive, you know, snap that ball and you were giving every ounce of force and again, the opposition to think of a guy like Jeff Simmons and Saffold, that amount of mass muscle colliding play after play after play. That's why I'm, and, and that's what, that's the whole thing about not to go into the Tom Tyson Brylow stuff, but obviously him being pushed back was one of those things that they're saying contributed to him wanting to retire and him being required to just be on call, which confuses me. But also Vrabel and Lawan's talked about this. Jeff Simmons talked about it on Bustin' with the boys. That Vrabel has been really good about not rushing and pressuring guys to come back and taking the time. Because for the team, for the player, for the coach, those guys are assets to this organization. And you drive them into the ground, which is another topic with Derrick Henry, that if you want to get there, we can get there. Because the snaps are – I mean, I'm, I'm betting on him getting 30-plus snaps weekly now, which it's like, yeah. let's do it because you know he's going to get it, but it's also that you know double-edged sword of can he, can he do it right now? Absolutely. But in two years when he's still under contract, are the wheels going to be still moving as fast as they are right now? And especially for this first five games, it's like, all right, we got to – he he is priority number one to me if I'm John Robinson and Mike Rabel yeah. too – 
you know, you need me to rub your calves, buddy. You need me to rub, you know, rub, right. you know give you whatever <laughs> what you, you need. <laughs> yeah. You want some Waffle House or you want to, you know, right. I'll give you anything that you need. And luckily he, from everything I've seen from Henry, he is the guy to take the money he's getting paid and putting it right back into his body and, and recouping. So yeah, I'm thankful he's that type of guy because, you know, a Pac-Man Jones that we all knew and, and just rolled our eyes every time he hit a headline was that guy that was going out to the clubs and, and making, making a fool of himself. So right. Henry's obviously a good asset, but, Absolutely. but that's one thing that I'm all for the, the rest and, and recuperation. Yes. And a lot of the, I mean, there's so much um, out there now for guys to do. Like, I, I don't know if you and I've ever gotten into this, but I've had this conversation with Albert a couple of times because when he was playing, you know, it was very much like just drug these guys up and they still do that to an extent, mm -hmm. but a lot of the guys don't accept it. I've got um, a couple of friends that have played in the league and, and still play. And they don't, they don't do that. They go and do the, you know, the IV treatment and the stuff like that, where it's more about supplements and vitamins and getting those things into your body, electrolytes, um, getting them into your body really quickly um, for that recovery. So, and, you know, taking the time to, to go hit the tubs and, and all of that and try to be a little bit more natural with it. And I think that is also helping with longevity. And Derek Henry is definitely one of those guys that not only does he put the work in, in the off season, to make sure that all of it, because people forget that like, okay, yes, like your, your big muscle groups are very, very important, but those supportive muscle groups are just as important because mm -hmm. when the big ones get tired, you start using those. And Derek Henry is very, very good at making sure he works every part of his body. Um, so he has that support system when he does get tired, which I haven't seen that man get tired yet, but mm -hmm. it's coming. Um, so he does a, a very, very good job. So shout out to him and his team. Um, for making sure that his body is good and ready to go because most athletes at this point doing what he does, we would see them be sitting a couple weeks and we just mm -hmm. don't see that from him. And I love it. I, I yeah. love his tenacity and I, it, it is a lot of credit to him for what he does in the off season. Um, yeah. I, I want to, and then I don't want to get into the whole Gruden conversation because it's been so rampant this week, but right. it makes me wonder with the types of, you know, painkillers that you could give players of, what you know how the ripple effect of john gruden's secret emails that i fully believe with my tinfoil hat on that goodell or whomever in that front office saw these emails said this guy is not going to do this you know especially racially you know uh, you know slat you know uh, slurs of all types but mm -hmm. how much are these coaches and gms thinking now not even just going through their history but how are, how are they going to adjust and how they're handling players because NFLPA yeah. stuff is up in the air where I think uh, Demora Smith, who Gruden talked about, uh, you know, insensitively, but it's going to crank up to make sure that these players are getting everything that they need according to that agreement, but also that they're not being, you know, just shuffled through like cattle and, and used right. and milked of everything that they can do. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but again, that's why I, I think of all the coaches that people talk about firing and put it on the block like i think vrabel has enough leadership and experience as a former player to understand like we yeah. can't just milk these guys and then expect them because it's all going to be cyclical it's it all it's all one cloth for this team right john robinson it, it, every decision they make and how they handle these guys is going to either come back and bite them or it's going to be a good thing for them at the end right. of the day so just a yeah. little I, it's I'm glad I hate to see that kind of stuff happen for anybody because I think we've all got skeletons like John Gruden stuff. And I, I appreciate what Derek Carr came out and said of, you know, you love the person, you hate the act. 
But I just bring all that up because I hope there is some type of ripple effect of no longer looking at these players who grew up their entire lives being, you know, prepared and, you know, coddled to be in the NFL today. And then all of a sudden they're just milked for everything they are and they're, then they're dropped. Right. Yeah. I think uh, that's an excellent point you have about coach Frable is he, where he is a former player. Um, You can, you can see in the way he handles stuff. You see that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know a lot of coaches are former players. It's just, I think part of it is he's not very far removed from it. So, I mean, when I was at Jacksonville, um, we hung around around the buses to see if any of the players would come by um, and say, hey, and a couple of them did. But one of the people that came over was Mike Rabel, and I was just blown away by how massive he still is. Like, that man he's looks a, like – He's a door frame. He's just massive. Yeah, he's huge. Like, I've, we've talked about this. I'm not small. I very rarely feel small. But Harold Landry, Derek Henry, and Mike Frable all came over when we were within five feet of me. I felt tiny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the no. hell? I'm 6'5", uh, and I've, I've dropped some weight, and I'm still like, hey, Luan. Right. <laughs> you know, what's, you just what's, what's going on? <laughs> look up at these guys. But hey, speaking right. of, of Landry. A monster. My thing, and this is, uh, we've talked about Danico Autry. We've talked about Jeff Simmons. Um, I, I hate the fact that... Uh, you know, we talked about Weaver getting hurt, but also Ola's coming on. I love watching him. He he looks like and he plays like James Harrison. His build, mm. obviously number 92 is one of those things, but just the way that he can get under guys' pad level, get to the outside. I'm, I'm excited to see him play. It's nice to have, and especially if Bud is coming back officially this week, to have those three guys on a rotation yep. um, as far as pass rush. I... I know we talked about coaches and who's on the block or, you know, what needs to change. And I'm expecting Shane Bowen. This is a huge test for him. And if Mm -hmm. things do not go well, especially defensively, or if they get bailed out by the offense and things start clicking over there, like they were last week later in that game. Right. Shane Bowen's got a lot to prove. So I just wanted to throw that in there since Harold's been lighting it up. Yeah, I agree. Cause I was thinking the same thing. Like they're going to have a lot of pieces, hopefully coming back. And um, if he can't, he's kind of had a, I mean, I haven't given him a pass, but some people have been giving him a pass because of the guys that are or are not out there. Um, this week he doesn't, especially if Bud is back, he doesn't have any excuses. Um, so we talked pretty extensively the other day. Um, it was in one of my Twitter spaces about, I, in a perfect world, I would actually love to see this defense in a 4-3. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think that's, you can't do that in the middle of the season. It's, right. it's a hard thing to do. I was on a staff that did that. Um, but that just with the personnel, that's what I would like to see. But that can, probably won't can, happen. But, Anna, can you explain just for people who are listening of the differences and especially pieces? And even mm-hmm. for – I know Jeff Simmons going from a one technique to a three technique or a, a zero. like Because that's one of those things that if there was a change – and we've talked about Jim Schwartz being that guy that – you know, if it was an, a full off-season adjustment, but can you talk about why that would be beneficial, but also why it would be difficult to do, just given everything? And we don't have to go on a whole like tangent yeah. about. It. I'm just, I just want to provide some context for people yeah. because <laughs> it's a big thing. It's a, it's it a big is. adjustment. So right now, um, I'm sure everybody that listens to this probably has a, a pretty solid foundation of football knowledge, especially in defensive schemes. Because if you've listened to me for a little bit, I talk about it all the time. Um, right now, we play a three-four, which is great if you have just like a true like 1D tackle that you want to just tear it up in the middle. Um, and you've got two guys that you trust that are big enough ends or uh, outside linebackers 
to eat some blockers, but also get around it. Um, because what it is, is it's three down linemen and then you have four linebackers and then the secondary. So um, the reason I would rather have a four, three is because of Jeff and because of Tier Tart. And because I think it would really allow Bud Dupree and Harold Landry and Derek Roberson when he comes back and, and some of those other guys, Danico Autry to really shine. Um, I think it's just more, I think it's more conducive for Jeff's style of play, mm-hmm. which would open up a lot for a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you have somebody like that, you do make decisions. You do make schematic decisions based on one player. Um, a lot of people say you don't do that. You, you know, force them into, um, into what you run. Well, I don't know if you remember, but when Albert Ainsworth went up to Washington, they he went to a different scheme. Looks like a completely different player. It's it's a completely different game, and, and for him, it was in a bad way. I mean, he looked mm-hmm. great here in Tennessee, and then went to Washington. They played the opposite, so yeah, um, you know, it didn't work out for him there. But I think I'm I'm pretty sure, and I, I'm having a moment right now, but I'm pretty sure Mississippi State was a four three. I have to go back and fact check myself. Um, at least one or two of the seasons that he was there and he played with Montez Sweat, Jonathan Abrams, a lot of those guys that are really strong. Um, so he's, he looks really, really good in that. It allows him to eat up more blockers and also have a little bit more help from another down lineman, but it's not necessarily that Jeff needs help. It's that that other guys need Jeff to take up more space so that they can go make moves. But if you had him and T.R. Tart out there consistently together, like we saw it on that goal line stand. Um, mm. I actually was there with some people that I know from Twitter. And uh, one of them said, hey, Anna, what do you think is going to happen right here? What do you think they're going to do? I said, well, if it were me, I'm putting T.R. Tart and Jeffrey Simmons in the middle. I'm going to throw Harold Landry on the outside. Um, in a perfect world, I would have had Bud on the opposite, but I think uh, Nico is out there, maybe. And then I want Rashawn Evans flying over the top because he's good at that. Like, while I'm not a big Rashawn Evans fan, he is very, very good at that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what happened, and um, and we got that stop. So, that's yeah, I think a good example too of a, of a switch, like you were saying, Albert went to, to Washington and adjusted and then disappeared. Jason Taylor, whenever Nick mm-hmm. Saban became the head coach down in Miami. Huge adjustment for him. He always played with his hand in the ground, jumped up to that, uh, you know, to the adjusting of the scheme, and had one of the best seasons of his of his career as far as just sacks and pressures and things like that. So, yeah. it's one of those things I'll be interested to see if, you know, hoping for the absolute best. I hope everything goes in Shane Bowen's favor as the DC. But if it goes the other way, and a guy like Jim Schwartz uh, has to take over and an actual adjustments made. I think it is a little bit of a long shot with Vrabel kind of having, if he does have that preference, but I think like you're saying too, whatever makes the most sense for the, the talent you have on the roster and especially not knowing what we could adjust to or, or what we could pick up, um, uh, uh re- just regarding draft and who, you know, free agent availability too, but interesting right. topic for sure. Cause yeah, th- this absolutely. team has had the same defensive issues for, for quite some time, you know, right. uh, if, if we're being honest about it. I, I know you've seen me bitch and moan <laughs> for over a year now about the choices that we make on that. And, and I, I didn't answer part of your question that you asked originally, like, why is it hard? Why is it a big deal to switch that? Um, it's a completely different defense <laughs> with completely different play mm-hmm. calls, completely different, not, I won't say completely different coverages, um, the secondary wouldn't be affected as much, mm-hmm. but uh, the front seven would really, really have to um, 
they would just have to be ready to learn something completely new, which yeah. I think a lot of these guys did play in a four, three. So I know it wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be anything crazy. And that's traditionally what Jim Schwartz would want as a four, three. So I, I'm still on team, give Jim Schwartz the DC position and get Shane Bowen out. But yeah, I don't know why that I don't know why that didn't happen in the offseason other than the fact that Mike Rabel and Shane Bowen are friends. But um I really, really like Coach Schwartz. Um mm-hmm. I loved him when he was here. I hated when he left, but I also understood, you know, he had a he had a better opportunity. Um so I'm glad that he's back and I, I don't think that was accidental. And I think that, you know, time and time again I've said Jeffrey Simmons reminds me of Albert Hainsworth and Coach Schwartz made Albert Hainsworth shine. Because yeah. what, what Coach Schwartz is so, so good at is looking at players and what they are naturally good at and naturally great at and showcasing that and then finding ways to disguise their weaknesses by having other players fill in those pockets. So I really hope he's involved with the team for a while because he's he's a very, very valuable asset. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was going to say, about, too. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead because I was about to change the subject. You go ahead. Well, I wanted to bring up Avery Williamson being back because the yep. adjustment there with obviously Jayon being out, David Long Jr.'s playing like a dog. I mean, he, he when when he was drafted and I, I him coming out of West Virginia, I had a friend of mine that's a huge Mountaineer fan. He said, you guys, this guy is an animal. Like his, his mentality, he's one of those guys that can be infectious with his just attitude in the huddle. But Avery Williamson, and I know people have been comparing and contrasting left and right between Rashawn for a guy to be coming off of a practice squad and Avery Williamson, yes, he's getting older, but we don't, we don't need to over exhaust the fact that Rashawn is just not what he needs to be right now. Right. And it's unfortunate. It's, it's not panning out. Um, but it's one of those things to have Avery Williamson back. Um, I don't know how much he knows this scheme because there's been the adjustment since Malarkey left. And I think his, I think he's been gone that long. If my memory serves me correctly, yes. but um but no, you, you just know what you're going to get with him. Obviously, pass coverage is not his strong suit, but in the right. run game, and this is one thing for the Bills specifically, you know, they're allowing uh, only 266 y- six yards offensively, where the Titans are allowing 290 or excuse me, 392. Um, Titans are allowing 100, 112. Obviously, James uh, uh, drawing a blank on his name. Robinson. Is that yes, James Robinson going off last week. I mean, he he had his way. We got to get the run the run defense, especially. And I think as you get more um, of the center of the field, the, the, those front seven able to stop it. I think that's going to yep. be able to um, help secondary get pressure, get you know breakups, and um, especially yep. Caleb. Far- I mean, I didn't watch Caleb Farley particularly, but obviously him getting snaps. I think he had twenty four or yeah, you know. I love it. And, yeah. I, and I hope even we've talked about Raidens as well, being a rookie in that class. Like they're talking about him coming back, which is yep. great timing for Tom, Tyson Bravo. So, right. Sorry yeah. to just. No, you're good. It's actually Avery Williamson is where I was going with the conversation because uh, Caleb and I talked about it yesterday, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well because I feel the same way. Like our, our run defense has been, mm-hmm. it sucks because what we were talking about yesterday is our defense is inconsistent. And what that tells me as a fan, as somebody that was in the game, as somebody that genuinely just loves the game of football, when you have inconsistencies and it shows the way that it's showing right now, it is not a, a player issue. Mm-hmm. It's a coaching issue. Yeah. Um, 
because you have those flashes like the play that just like on repeat in my head is Jeff having two guys locked up, rips out, turns behind him and makes the tackle on Robinson. That shit was insane. Like Mm -hmm. that was awesome. So we have Mm -hmm. flashes like that where that's a very, very talented player with great field awareness. Yeah. But when you add somebody in like Avery Williamson where his, his game really was helping on the run. I'm very, very excited to see how he looks. Now what we have to realize is on Monday, it's not necessarily a fair evaluation of his impact on the run defense because the bills aren't a run heavy team, but you're, you're going to feel him. And I'm, I'm excited for him too, because I was just heartbroken when he left. But I also understood, you know, you got to go, it's business. You got to go yeah, make yeah. your money. Um, but he, he, he made his money up. In he New sure did. <laughs> he sure did. So, you know, I'm happy for him. You know, he, he did what he needed to do. And I, I think he's ready to come home. And I know when he got that phone call, he was probably just jumping up and down ecstatic. So I'm excited yeah. for him. He's a huge locker room guy too. So um, just for the culture of the locker room, very, very excited, especially with, you know, let's go ahead and talk about it with a week like this, where you have somebody retire out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it, it's well, Buck Rising, and I think he did a great job. And A to Z Sports kind of getting some shade for people complaining about, um, you know, you know, Austin Stanley tweeted something out about how local media doesn't break enough stories, and then when they do, everyone kind of calls it BS because facts are facts, and people need to realize every beat writer in this market right now has people on the inside of that building that know things, see things, hear things. Yep. And they get they get reported, and it's a great job by Buck. You know, it's one of those things that um, it's it's concerning. And here's here's why: anybody that anybody has worked for a company or or not had a business of their own have to work for somebody who's toxic, who doesn't they don't like going to work for them. And then obviously, and here's the here's the thing: for a coach, which is this is the the storyline that people are getting tired of Keith Carter and his his gimmick or whatever you want to call it for a guy to just stop in the in, after five weeks in the season that's telling i know lawan's mm-hmm. talked about his stuff with you know him and keith carter having to get it get it ironed out but if it's a thing in the room and here, here's what you got to realize urban meyer we just saw him go through his whole thing last week guys breaking the huddle down and saying grind and everyone laughing as they walk away those little things, and that's why I think something, you know, not to get back on Urban Meyer stuff, but it's like, is that a fireable offense to go to a bar and get, you know, get tipsy and start grinding on some girls? I'm married, man, no. But when leadership, when you can't provide the proper leadership for your team and guys are legitimately scoffing or busting out laughing after you walk out of a meeting, it just makes me wonder. And if the implications are true of what Keith Carter is, what he's done, how he handles that room. It's a big concern. And what's unfortunate for Keith Carter, we've talked about him since he got hired and saying, Keith, you've got talented guys. I mean, especially, especially with you've seen Nate, Nate Davis come up. He's had an iffy year this year. He's had really good times, really bad times throughout his entire stint with the Titans. But Tyson Brylow, like I, but it also does confuse me with the, frustration of having just to pick up and, and go in for Lawan. It's like, that's the name of the game. You right. are the next man up, you know? So I, I think people who are just jumping to the point of saying he's soft, like I respect, I forget who came out recently. Oh, obviously with the Gruden, the ripple effect of John Gruden for Carl Nassib 
to go to Mike Mayock and say, hey, I need a day to day. This has been a lot for me as the only known openly gay player in the NFL. Mm. Take your time, man. Do your thing. So like right. I can respect Tyson Bralo putting himself first versus working in a, an environment. If it, it if it is as troubled as it sounds, I get it. Right. But it's also one of those things that a lot of times the truth comes out of that dark spot and we, we, and we learn yeah. stuff, you know? So I just hope it's not as bad as it sounds. Cause that's not what right. we're, that's not what we're needing at this point in time, especially yes. with the window for a Super Bowl potentially being open for the Titans. Yep. I agree. Um, I agree with pretty much everything you said, the other aspect of it, cause I, you know, I don't like Keith Carter, so, <laughs> Um It's no surprise to me that like when somebody says, Oh, he's toxic. It's like, got it. Like, not surprised mm-hmm. um but the other part of it that is hard again as someone and for you i mean you played football for how long i mean you yeah. you've been in that environment too it's just kind of part of the game um and now i i chose to step away uh due to personal reasons because i was in a toxic environment not because of any staff but because i was the same age as a lot of my players and I was being sexually harassed on a regular basis. So I couldn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that was me making a decision for myself. But at the same time, I wasn't near the same level. I was very, very much in the beginning of what I was doing. And it, to me, is a little bit different. Um, but for Ty to just say, after five weeks, I'm done. I, I mean, I was stunned. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things that I... It, it makes me question his um, his mental toughness as well because mm-hmm. the comment of like I'm tired of being next man up or, or whatever he said about that like that's what you are though so I don't I don't get the issue because that's literally like if you were to write out a role for every single player that's his role when right. somebody goes down you're next man up like mm-hmm. it just is what it is so if he had an issue with that then he needed to go somebody that had a worse offensive line mm-hmm. to where he could go compete for a starting position. Yeah. Um, but I do understand being in a toxic work environment. I do understand being uncomfortable or whatever. And I think stuff is going to come out because of this, because Taylor one has spoken on his relationship with Keith Carter before. Now we're getting this from, you know, somebody leaving in the middle of the se- the very beginning of the season, not even the middle, like you were saying earlier, I, I think all eyes will be on Keith Carter over the next several weeks, if not months. And um, I hope it forces the front office to make a change there. I just, again, I, I don't like that change happening right now while it's, it's kind of win now. So yeah. it's multi, multi-level stress <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, what's unfortunate is now that swing tackle position is one of those things in the NFL. It's like a special team spot. Like you are a special team specialist. You're an off a swing to like Dennis Kelly, like, and he's yep. done well when Lawan's gone down, if Questenberry or when Conklin was here. Like he's filled in really well. Yep. And what will be really telling is if in the next, you know, the remainder of this year or potentially next offseason, if he's gonna get signed with a different team. Right. Was he just looking for a way out of this this room, this environment, because it's that bad? Now, not to sound like I'm questioning Buck's reporting, but we don't know who was speaking, if it was Ty or if it was someone else in that building to say, well, here's how he handled himself. Here's my opinion. You know, whatever the actual context of that is, again, like the if there's smoke and there's fire there, that's a concern. But if it's one of those things where 
it's more of a Tyson Brylow issue than anything. Right. I think it's 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 obviously probably a mixture in, in some way of, of of both. But it's yeah, Keith Carter though. I mean, you got to wonder, and especially, and you know this, you got to coach guys based on how they receive to get the best out of them versus just the one thing. So the one way I, you know. Yeah, and I, I've never seen Keith Carter. I remember they had the open practices at Centennial, you know, in 2018, which was awesome just to see right up and close and personal, especially, you know, that, that was probably, I think that was Keith's first or second season. Didn't seem like it was a, you know, intense or, you know, obviously overtly, but if Keith Carter's been reading the press about himself, I, I, I would feel the pressure of, uh, uh, of a lackluster performance and obviously his reputation amongst fans. So mm. who knows where he's at mentally as well. So, yeah, absolutely. And then with like open practices, it, they're very cool to see what's going on. We're not really seeing what's going on. Right. You know, so it is it's, yeah, it's uh, a bit of a performance. Yeah. It's a little different, um, but it's probably a lot different. And um, what I've seen is like the time in meeting rooms. That's, that's when it can get really ugly too. Oh, yeah. um, so like, <laughs> I had um, – so with the guys that I worked with, I had six players. And um, I worked directly with the defensive ends coach, and I worked some with the D tackles coach, and I worked under the BC for Tennessee Tech. Um, I just kind of bounced around because I was trying to learn it all, and uh, especially everything on the front, the, in the trenches. So mm-hmm. whenever, you know, it was like you said, like you have guys that you have to rip them a new one. Mm-hmm. You just do. Um, one of my favorite moments in an environment in that environment was in practice one day, I had one player. He's very, he's not very sure of himself. He's an absolute beast of an athlete. I think he ran like a four, five, 40. He was six, five, 250 pounds. Wow. I mean, it was just insane. He should be in the NFL just off of that. Um, but he's not. And a lot of it had to do with his confidence. Yeah. Um, so with him, you had to boost him up. It, it wasn't like if I yelled at him or, if, uh, you know, our other coach yelled at him. It wasn't going to work, but um, there was one time he, he, like with those numbers, you know that he could bull rush the crap out of somebody, especially if they're off balance. So I basically told him that in a drill and he did it, knocked the guy on his butt and got back to the quarterback, turned around and looked at me like I had just, you know, given him the lottery numbers Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just simple stuff. But I didn't say, Hey, you're an idiot. Like, why aren't you doing this? It was very much like, Hey, why don't you just try this? See if it works. If it doesn't work, you know, we'll, we'll reevaluate. Right. And I think, too, like you made a great point of in, in film rooms or, you know, you're with your group. And I've, I've been in settings where, you know, you're in a position where it's you've been told this. Here's your assignment for this call or whatever it is. And if you're making repetitive issues or mistakes, which, again, I don't know what Tyson Barlow, you know, there's been running back and coverage issues with pass protection, things like that. But the way that Keith Carter, the way that it sounds is a simple thing if you're watching the film and sitting back and Ty, what are you doing here? You know, or if it's like, Ty, we can't have that, man. You got this guy and you're covering this gap and move to the linebacker. Just because for me as an individual, I want to understand in my mind mm-hmm. and then my technique can come and then, then you can execute it. But if I'm just not there and if I don't understand it mentally first, because there's that pressure of getting your getting chewed out or that fear of getting called out because you nobody wants to be that guy no especially with some of these these performances we've seen these these first five weeks of like just right lawan getting put on his butt by buddha baker but it's also you got to take the lumps that time and especially with someone 
like a Lawan, like I'm sure that I'm sure that imp- impacted him in more ways than we know. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. just a question of like, how, how does Keith Carter handle those guys? Um, just all those questions get raised about this report. So, yeah, it makes me nervous, but it's also one yeah. of those things that just time will tell. Yeah, it makes me nervous, too, but I feel the same way. We just got to keep pushing and uh, ride the highs and lows and just stay pretty level headed and, um, you know, roll with the punches like that's what that's what I promise you they're saying to those guys right now especially the guys in the offensive line room, like that they, they might've had com- like Mike Brable might've had conversations with some of those guys outside of the room with Keith Carter. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, just, you know, roll with it. If there's an issue, come talk to us. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure that's probably what's happened, but you know, Mike said he had a conversation with Ty last week. So I don't know, but that's, that's all I have on that. And I'm actually, um, Trey, we're going to split this up and have another episode because I just want to do a deep dive into the Bills. And yeah. um loved having you on to talk about specifically Tyson Braley because you did play offensive line. You do know what that culture is like. I think it's good breaking that down. Always, always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys make sure you look for the next episode where we are going to break down the matchup against the Bills. But other than that, that's all I got. Cool. Tighten up. Tighten up, baby. <laughs>